uncatchable criminals, an undercover FBI agent, surfing? All this can only mean one thing. We're comparing Point Break on this episode of Retro vs. Remake. I'm Reggie Parker. And I'm Dan Bulick. Welcome to Retro, Retro vs. Remake. remake. The podcast where we discuss films and their remakes. Today's episode is Point Break. So the original Point Break was made in 1991, starring Patrick Swayze, Keanu Reeves, Gary Busey, Lori Petty, and John C. McKinley. Directed by Catherine Bigelow. Screenplay by W. Peter Illiff. It's written by this W. Peter Illiff, but if you, I looked it up and Catherine Bigelow did work on it. And she also had her husband work on it, who everybody might know as the king of the world, James Cameron. So James Cameron had his hand in the uh, screenplay of this script. And the music is by Mark Asham. Point Break 2015, starring Edgar Ramirez, Luke Bracey, Teresa Palmer, Delroy Lindo, and Ray Winstone. Screenplay by Kurt Wimmer. We've actually done one of his movies, Total Recall Remake, so keep that in the back of your mind. And music by Tom Holkenborg. Okay, so Reggie, what is your first experience with these Point Break movies? Let's see. Point Break definitely feels like the college days, you know, sitting out in the dorms, smoking a dew, drinking some beers and watching them with my my best bros, quoting all the quotables. Uh, That's how I remember the first Point Break. And the second one, I saw the trailer and said, I'm not watching that. And, uh, you know, apparently I was wrong. Sorry to make you go through that. My first experience with the first movie, it was one of the first videos I remember renting as a kid. And I vividly remember it because it was one of the first movies I ever saw with nudity. So, yes, as a little, I want to say, six, seven-year-old, I was absolutely rewinding the raid scene just for that nudity. Burned into my memories, at least. That is an interesting way to be introduced to nudity. (laughs) (laughs) So, I remember watching it a lot as a kid, not just for the nudity, and uh, thinking that this movie was okay, but there was definitely something a little weird with it. And I remember definitely being confused by that ending, uh, which we'll definitely get into. And the remake, yeah, like you, I saw a trailer for it and said, yeah, I don't need to see that. Well, here we are. Life takes you weird places, Dan, and <laughs> we watched the Point Break remake. These films are kind of different, so I definitely want to get into this discussion, but let's go over a quick synopsis. So, crimes are being committed. Crimes involving lots of money. Johnny Utah is a fresh recruit for the FBI. The group committing the crime seems to be involved with extreme sports, like surfing. With the help of his partner, Papas, Johnny goes undercover as a surfer and find the criminals. He meets Bodie, who is somewhat of a spiritual mentor and the leader of one of the groups. He also meets a would-be love interest. After bonding with this group for a while, Johnny realizes they're the criminals, and things come to a head. Utah and the FBI try in vain to stop Bodie and his group from committing crimes. And even though members of Bodie's group die off, he ultimately gets away. Months later, realizing Bodie can't resist the largest wave, Utah finds Bodie. Utah plans on arresting Bodie, but he lets him go to surf instead. Bodie then rides his biggest and last wave. The end. Okay, so that's a very broad, vague synopsis because these are two very different films, uh, especially with the central plot. So maybe we should start there with our comparison. Yeah, so major plot differences. I mean, one that jumps out to me from the beginning is the Johnny Utah background. Keanu Reeves' version of Johnny Utah is an ex-NCAA football player. Pretty good one. He's like a national champion football player. The other guy is some vaguely extreme sports guy. 
he's a YouTube star, so something I could, uh, something I envy about him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's awesome. He's, uh, we get introduced to the remake Johnny Utah mid, um, it was like motorcycle, like he's on a moto bike, like about to do some extreme, um, riding. That's our intro. It's different. But I think maybe we should focus on, like, the major difference is, like, when you think of Point Break, everybody thinks of one sport in particular, and that's surfing. So you think a Point Break remake would have surfing as its central focus, too, but it's not. We have several different extreme sports, all under the guise of this challenge called the Ozaki 8. So let's talk about surfing versus the Ozaki 8. Yeah. Surfing, I think it keeps you focused as an audience on one thing. <laughs> These guys are surfers, and as extreme as it is, Johnny Utah only needs to learn one sport. So, yes, Keanu Reeves isn't great at surfing at first, but, you know, he's an athlete, and he figures it out pretty quickly. I, I like it. You know, it's a California-based movie. You know, it's all about the sun, the babes, and uh, these super cool guys that, uh, you know, march the beat of their own drum. Whereas this Ozaki 8 thing... The movie's really trying to explain to you what a poly athlete is, and I guess it's just like an extreme athlete that does multiple sports, so they focus on doing everything, whether it's base jumping, surfing, MotoGP, they wear wingsuits. These guys are jacks of all trades. For me, I think it makes the movie feel a little unfocused, especially when you're talking about a Point Break remake where you're kind of expecting mostly surfing and there's not really that much. And not only are the sports completely diverse and everywhere, but also our locations are everywhere. The original, we have our surfing, that's we're all in L.A., right? We're just staying there. Okay, I know where I am. But with the Ozaki 8, since it's sort of um, environmentally based, we have to go to these different locations, and you can't just stay in one place. We're going all over the world for some of these challenges. It's a little disorienting in that way, because sometimes you just don't even know where you are at certain points in the movie. So that could be a little confusing. Yeah, I gave up on knowing exactly where they were at any given time. Delroy Lindo, who I'm a huge fan of, he says it quite a bit, but these are multinational targets that um, these guys are affecting. So the Bodie's crew is based out of the United States, but he's committing crimes everywhere, and that's why the FBI is involved in this particular scenario. The only location I can kind of remember is when they specifically said they were going to Venezuela. That was like the one time sort of knew where they were. But only for a few minutes, because I'm pretty sure they switched locations pretty quickly after that. Yeah, I think that was more towards the end of the movie. I think the bulk of the movie takes place in France, right? Yeah. I think they go to France for the waves, and then I think they're on the French part in the Alps. I don't know. <laughs> it's Well, that movie, um, another major plot point is the motivation for the crime gang. Whereas Patrick Swayze's ex-president crew, they're knocking over banks because they need money to keep this surfer lifestyle going. The remake ex-presidents, if that's even really what they're called, the remake criminals are being funded by this like ultra-rich French guy, and they're all basically doing this sort of endless party thing, so they don't have the same monetary motivation, which I would say are the big plot difference between the two films. Their motivations are more spiritual, I would say. Wait, before we get there, <laughs> I want to get back to comparing surfing to the Ozaki 8 and what I thought. Yeah. So, like you said before, surfing makes sense, gives you focus. Guy doesn't know how to surf, has to learn how to surf. I get it. I could follow that. But then you have this guy who is a motor dirt bike guy or some type of extreme sports guy with a bike. And now he has to do all these different sports. He has to surf. He has to climb mountains. He has to wingsuit jump. While it's cool to visually see, 
I don't know. I, I couldn't get into it as much because I right. guess the motivation for doing all these different things was not entirely clear. Like still at the end of the movie, I was still like, why are we doing exactly these things? I know it's supposed to be this Ozaki 8 thing, but the Ozaki 8 just isn't as interesting as guys robbing banks for money. It doesn't make as much sense to me. Yeah, guys robbing banks, it's succinct. You know, we know exactly what they're trying to do at any given time. The Ozaki 8 challenges, they explain them, but there's not really crimes connected to each challenge. It's more about the actual extreme challenge than what they're going to get out of it. So, you know, it's, at some point they're after diamonds. At other points it's, you know, gold, and they launch money into the air at one point. It's just, it's not really apparent what their end game is other than, I guess, basically they're eco-terrorists. And like you said, I prefer the bank robbing scenes because they're actually shot really well, like the ex-president's mask. They have a whole shtick, and that's actually a big part of what people remember about the movie Point Break. So when you get away from the bank robbing and you start moving into these sort of vague terroristic plots, you know, like you said, I can't get into it either. They're doing these extreme sports, but they're not related to the robberies. They do the extreme sport thing, and then they have to do something called giving back. That's where the robberies come into play. And the reason for doing the sport is to sort of give back to the earth because we've taken so much. So by doing the extreme sport, they're connecting with the earth, but they're still taking away at the same time, apparently. So they need to do something in addition to give back. And for some reason, it has to be big crime. Does that sound right to you? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess my my interpretation of it was that they had these like sort of crime sequences built around their their want to achieve these very dangerous stunts. And actually, I'm getting lost actually trying to think about it. Yeah, you're right. Like they they go and they are generally disruptive, and it's a little hokey, you know, like dropping pounds of money off in like these like desolate villages and things like that. I guess they're trying to sort of shake up the global wealth structure and you know, give back to the poor. They're kind of like these Robin Hood type characters. But also, that's not even really their main motivation, like you said. Like, it's really their own spirituality that they're going for. And they found that the way to do that is through, you know, pushing themselves to to the limit uh, in this movie, as they would say, to the point break. <laughs> yeah, point break in this movie is sort of like breaking point in the remake as opposed to the original where Point Break is a point where the waves hit like an underwater, say, mountain or so, so the waves crash. It's completely different, and it's, a, I mean, I guess it's fitting because it's a completely different film. It's definitely not what you would think of <laughs> when you think of Point Break. Well, yeah, I'm with you because we saw the original movie. We've associated this, this Swayze Keanu Reeves movie to surfing and bank robbing. And we're like, okay, so we're going to do a remake. You're going to assume that there's going to be surfing and bank robbing. And there's really not much of either in the film so you know we just are mostly being introduced to this concept of poly extreme athletes and you know we're going from venue to venue and like you said both of us watch the movies and we're pretty competent movie goers and watchers and i can't really tell you what their plan was i'm gonna show my hand here a little early as i was watching the remake it just occurred to me i don't think this was originally supposed to be called point break 
I think there was elements of it. Somebody saw surfing in it and was like, you know what? In order for this to make more money, I bet if we make surfing a little more of a focus in the end and kind of rename some of the characters, we can call this Point Break and get a few more butts and seats. So honestly, I think that's what they did because this has really nothing to do with the original in terms of plot. Sure, you have some of the character names are the same and some things are like tweaked here and there. But generally, I feel like somebody was like, you know, it'd be cool if some extreme sports were done for robberies. And then somebody else was like, well, you know what? Why don't we just call it Point Break and we can get a few more dollars? I think that's what happened here because it has nothing to do with the original. Yeah, I agree. I think when you look at it, it seems like it was probably a film based on extreme sports. It seemed like a high budget film. And like you said, if you're going to get your money back on something like that, most of us really, as American moviegoers, don't particularly care about extreme sports enough to go see an entire film about it. So by calling it Point Break, it brings you into it. I mean, if you look at the Point Break elements, they truly do look like reshoots. Like when they're first introduced to ex-presidents, it's just kind of guys on motorcycles going through like a bank or like some sort of jewelry store and their helmets have presents on them. You don't even see it. They're watching it on a monitor. So you're watching it through a monitor. You're not actually seeing it happen, too. Right. So it could have easily been reshot. Absolutely. Um, there's like a scene or two of Johnny Utah at like the FBI Academy. I mean, when you really think about the first movie, you get the that Keanu Reeves character is conflicted because he's living in both worlds. Like he's going back to the FBI and he's having troubles at work um, with the Bureau. But he's also getting connected to these guys. So you see the duality of his experience, the professional life where he's supposed to be this agent and then his undercover life. And they interact quite a bit. And that's an uh, underlying theme of the movie. This one, yeah, he's an FBI, but you might as well forget about it because he never checks in really other than a few scenes. And I don't even think other than the one time where he pulls out his badge and gun, there's not really any other time where it actually seems like he's in the FBI. No, it doesn't at all. In the original, you have Johnny Utah and his partner Pappas who's in there a lot and there's a lot of interaction between the two of them in the remake Pappas is barely in it he's in it but he definitely feels like a shoehorned in he's never in any of the action sequences he's always like after the fact and just says like a couple of things to Johnny and then he's gone again and I was just like why doesn't he ever join him through any of these missions probably because it was reshot and we had to throw this character in I'm 100% with you like uh I think you're right that to even start to really jump into comparison for us, you had to make that point. And you can sort of tell the way the movie shot that. I mean, like, look at that big climatic scene where they're they're rock climbing. It's a rock climbing chase. It doesn't actually make sense if his end goal is to just arrest this guy. Because there's like a lot of different ways you could arrest this guy other than chasing him like on foot through extreme challenges. Like it, it makes zero sense. There's there's no backup. The FBI doesn't show up. I mean, you think that, um, you know, in the first film, Dr. Cox <laughs> is pissed off all the time. And he's like, bring me evidence, bring me leads. And like, there's no FBI tension in this movie. It's just not the same. It's such an afterthought, the FBI stuff. You kind of forget about it after a while because he has so little interaction with the actual FBI. It's like he's off for days and he doesn't even report to anybody. In the original, he was so much interaction with his boss, even with other competitive FBI agents. There's a great back and forth with them, but it's completely missing in the remake, which, you know, strengthens the theory that these are probably all reshot after the fact that they decided to call it Point Break. There's a scene, now that we're talking about this, in the remake, there's a scene where he gets out of the FBI Academy 
and who's I think it's Delroy Lindo is talking to him. He's calling him Utah, and he's like, "Oh no, Utah is just like a silly nickname they gave me. My name's Bingham." It's like maybe the character's name was Bingham or something like that in the original film. There, there's a lot of little, not that subtle hints that this, <laughs> this was not originally a Point Break film. Yeah. And that whole FBI sequence you're talking about, that's in the opening credits. That could have easily just been, like, reshot, added. Just a, hey, he's an FBI, just like the original, right? Yeah, because, I mean, you just look at it, his hair is kind of different. Oh, yeah? I didn't notice that. And maybe it's just slicked back to be, you know, make it look like he's more buttoned up. But, uh, yeah, I think the reshoot happened here, if I had to guess. There could be deleted scenes where they call him Brigham, and then they just got rid of him. It's like, it's too confusing. <laughs> but reshoot and have everybody call him Utah. For me, I guess a nice way to sort of a segue here is to talk about what actually makes Point Break, Point Break. The opening sequence of of the original movie is very focused on the two people that are going to be your your main focus point going on. You see Swayze's character surfing. You see Johnny Utah at the FBI Academy. They're both studs in their own way. That's the way everything's shot. Like you see Cano in the rain cocking a shotgun, (laughs) thumbs up. It's pretty over the top. It was ridiculous. He's sort of training. He's not an FBI agent yet. He's, I guess he's doing one of the tests, and he's at a shooting range, and he's shooting all the targets, and then some guy's testing him. He's like, 100% Utah, and then Keanu Reeves just gives him this grin and thumbs up that is just so over-the-top 90s cheesy, and you're just like, okay, that's the kind of movie it's going to be. You're immediately like, all right, I, I don't have my expectations too high about the drama. This is where we are. Good to know. Thanks, movie. <laughs> yeah, the movie uh, it does that, and then it pretty quickly introduces to Gary Busey. So it's like, all right, I'm I'm in for a ride. So <laughs> I just think that the original does so many things to make it a more endearing film. It's uh, it's more character based. Like you really are seeing the dynamics of what makes Johnny Utah and Bodie sort of sort of tick. You know what their actual drive and motivation for the things that they're doing are. The love interest in the first film actually matters you know i think Lori petty does a great job of playing the love interest and she's she's not only his intro to that world because she teaches us she teaches him how to surf she's our intro to like surf world too so as he's getting this romantic relationship as an audience we're also learning about surfing the same time as he is like he's not already this extreme action star he's a kind of a regular well not really a regular guy he's an extraordinary athlete but he's more or less, just like the rest of us when it comes to surfing. Yeah, so it's a great introduction because if you're not familiar with surfing, you kind of slowly are eased into it. It's not just like zero to 90. You know, he sucks at surfing. He has to learn surfing. So we kind of learn about it. We learned some weird philosophies through Bodhi and his group. But, you know, you, you're slowly introduced to the world of surfing. It's easy. The other movie, though, you don't get introduced to anything. It just happens right away. It's like, okay, now we're going to do this. Now we're going to do that. You don't get slowly eased into anything. And then by the time you could finally like grasp what's happening, it's already done. It's, it's so fast in how they introduce all the extreme sports in the remake. And it's it hurts it hurts the movie because I'm not invested when they do these different things. Yeah. But I can get invested when I see Keanu Reeves finally riding a wave after he's been training like for half the movie. Yeah, I agree. I think that Keanu Reeves, like you see this progression where he's really bad at surfing. And it's never really like he got that good. He was capable enough to hang with the crew, but it wasn't like he was the best surfer because he only had a month really to um, to learn. 
this other film though like it really is describing extreme sports in you know there's a there's a spirituality in patrick swayze's Bodie, but like everything has to do with spirituality with these guys like hey how do you use this wingsuit i gotta feel the wind bro like <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute where's the shoot like how does everything work like it doesn't matter you just jump in at some of the most dangerous things you could do as a human being you're like hey we're just gonna free solo like el capitan and if you don't know how to just believe in yourself bro it's insane there's this invisible line that they have to follow which i didn't really pick up till almost the end of the movie and they should kind of show it during the closing credits all the lines that they're following other than that i don't know how they're doing what they're doing without having done it before right yeah wingsuit jumping the distance they did without dying and have never done it before that's either some incredible luck (laughs) that they got there or they're just naturally talented i mean you're you're talking about things that would take years and years of training and experience for you know in the original point break more or less anybody could go like skydiving you know like there's a lot of everyday people that do it all the time it's not that crazy but a wingsuit that's years like you it's almost as rigorous as becoming a pilot there's a lot of technical stuff that you need to know about draft and wind turbulence and stuff like that and it's insane to think that hey man just do it bro feel the feel the line yeah it takes like i was reading what the stuntmen did because all the stunts are real i want to give the movie credit there all the extreme stunts are real hired professionals professionals who worked years mastering each of these extreme sports and in order for them to get to that level to film that wingsuit they had to do so much skydiving out of planes and just so much practice and for these guys especially utah who's like have you ever done this before never without a parachute like for him to be doing this like his first time it's like where's the payoff okay he did it it's great but like there was no buildup. There was no, like, he didn't even show any fear or anything when he did any of these things. Yeah. When he did it, it was just done. And I didn't feel anything emotionally about any of his accomplishments in any of these extreme sports. Yeah. And I think because they're jumping from sport to sport with not really a lot of tangible explanation of just how insane the thing you're seeing is, like you're saying, there's no payoff there. There's a there's a line where the Bodie in a remake says that you got more uh, more balls than talent. Maybe that's why you were so good. And it's like, yeah, this guy is pretty much just a reckless dude who isn't afraid to do insane things. But that's really not good enough. Because you see Bodie's crew throughout a lot of these challenges slowly, like instead of getting shot by FBI agents, like uh, I don't know a movie about the FBI and criminals <laughs> might do, they all just kind of keep getting killed off doing extreme sports until there's uh, really only Bodie left, and that's his crew that he's been running with for years, and they're they're all like well versed and trained and they're vetted, and this guy they just met for like. And again, the movie introduces a timeline. We're talking about two weeks. <laughs> it is very narrow window. Could you imagine doing eight of the most extreme challenges known to man in two years without planning? It, it's it's impossible, and it actually takes you out of the movie. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. I mean, just to come full circle, focusing on surfing, I can buy it. After a month, a guy who was a college quarterback, yeah, he's probably pretty athletic. Maybe he could learn how to surf reasonably well in, uh, in a few weeks. All right, I'm buying it. There's nothing else the movie requires for me in terms of his athletic ability, so it's not a distraction like this uh, remake is. I have a feeling the original script had nothing to do with the FBI, and they probably just focused on this, these Ozaki 8 challenges, and they probably did go into detail about like how each one works and like how much work you have to actually put in to train for it, 
And I think it would have served the movie better had they probably stuck with that. But instead, they put in this FBI thing, and so it took away from the actual challenges. So instead of giving us focus on either just the sports or staying true to the movie, it's so spread out. Everything's so spread thin, and you, you really don't care about anything. They, don't, they didn't put enough time into it. Yeah. I know, I know we've been saying it, but I, this is clearly was intended to be a movie about extreme sports. And I think we said it, it they shoehorned this in, which is unfortunate because Point Break, for me, if you're going to do a remake, there's so many things that you could have focused on that they're off the table. So, you know, I think they did a disservice by just taking another movie, putting a few Point Break references in there and then saying that's the Point Break remake. It, it's insane. <laughs> Where do we go from there? I wonder if they like the movie. <laughs> <laughs> do we need to give our final verdict now? Nah, we, we should definitely, because the original movie, I think at this point we can kind of focus on, because it's so character-driven that we can talk about sort of like the comparison between, you know, the characters. To me, the main reason Point Break works is Patrick Swayze, Keanu Reeves. You film this with two other actors, this is potentially a dud. But Swayze and Reeves give us just this insanely broy. Honestly, like I know Lori Petty's a love interest, but like I argue that those two <laughs> are in a more um, substantial relationship. They get really close as friends, and you know you got this this '90s surfer lingo. Hey, it's Keanu Reeves, and if, if you're not careful, you're gonna be fish food, bro. <laughs> you know, like I don't know. There's just a lot of fun that's happening there. Yeah, Keanu Reeves. This is one of his early starring roles. This is after the first Bill and Ted. So he's still not a great actor. I don't know where to go with that. But, you know, he's he's definitely still in his, you know, bro fit. Whoa. Yeah. Pretty much the same character. Just now he's an FBI agent. And uh, he's definitely uh, interesting to watch, to, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Uh, some of his deliveries are just a little flat. You know, just pure Keanu. And it's like... You can enjoy it, though, because at least he's consistent with it, you know? And the plot is pretty absurd in itself. You know, these ex-presidents who are the mastermind bank robbers, but they also love surfing, dude. To have Keanu as your lead lets you know that you don't have to take it too seriously. You can have some fun here. Right. And then you have this other guy who I'd never heard of, Luke Bracey. Had you ever seen him in anything? I'm not familiar with the actor. No. And he does Johnny Utah, and, I don't know, it's just not really memorable nothing really stood out no i mean he, he's a guy you know like you know i get it i i buy him as like an extreme athlete but that's not what i'm looking for from johnny utah johnny utah is like this kind of like all-american dude like he's cocky he's extremely confident in himself but he's also unfortunately he's keanu reeves and there is nobody in the world that acts like keanu reeves so like unfortunately it'd be very difficult to replicate that iconic character I mean, just the scenes where he, he brings a surfboard to work and he's like, he's talking shit to everybody. <laughs> he's late to his own raid, you know, like you get a feeling from the character because they actually let the characters star in the movie as opposed to the action. Yeah, and he, he's having a little bit of fun there. Like you said, he's kind of a dick sometimes. He's cracking jokes. He's late for his own raid. Johnny Utah on the remake, not that guy. Not cracking jokes, or maybe he's cracking jokes. I wasn't laughing. It definitely doesn't look like he's having that much fun, that's for sure. I truly can't remember a line that he said, other than, like, freeze FBI. I think that's the only thing I remember from Johnny Utah. The Bodie in the remake, a little bit more memorable. I think he sort of captures a little bit of that Swayze spirit. 
Swayze's spirituality to me gets sort of peppered in throughout the movie and like by the end you realize that like that's his whole credo more or less but like he's doing kung fu <laughs> he's doing like karate and fights and he you know he, he talks about you know spirituality and like feeling the waves and that's one of the few consistencies between the two movies that the uh, Bodhi characters believe that their extreme sports are bringing them closer to you know some sort of spiritual center. Swayze's just doing it with his Swayzeisms and it's uh, it's fun to watch, but uh, the the other guy he does a, a good job. But again, unfortunately, he's not actually in a Point Break movie, so I don't think he gets the chance to show that. Yeah, we have Edgar Ramirez playing the new Bodie, and like you said, he pretty much does what Swayze does. I would say he does it to a little bit more of an extreme. Like Swayze's, like like you said, he kind of peppers in his little surfer philosophies. But this Bodie, that's like all he really does is like he never really just has like a normal conversation. Like, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm all right. He's like he always spouting out like some type of wisdom. It's like you know to let other people determine your fate is unforgivable. It's just like everything is so heavy with this guy. Yeah. So he's Swayze was allowed to have a little bit of fun. You know, he's at his party, he's taking tequila shots out of a girl, and then this other Bodie is just like, no, everything is pain, and I need to reconnect with the earth. So. While he is more memorable than the new Johnny Utah, he's just a little too serious. And especially when it's a Point Break remake, which (laughs) the source material isn't too serious. You're just going too deep on me, bro. (laughs) Pull it back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Just a little little heavy-handed with with his philosophy, whereas... You know, hey, man, maybe I do want to watch Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves playing football uh, at night with lights in the background. You know what I mean? (laughs) Maybe I want to see him get in fistfights with uh, War Chief or whoever the hell they were fighting on the beach. Like, this this stuff that they did as a unit, like the Johnny Utah and the Bodie in the original film, they back each other up. They get in the scraps and they disagree on different things, but ultimately they're friends. And it really allows you to feel how conflicted Kano is with having to take down his friends. These other people, they're not really his friends, you know, in the remake. And I would say, um, not maybe it's a little too early to jump into this, but the way they kill off the love interest in the new film completely destroys the motivation if you're basing it off of uh, the first film. Like, Kano Reeves, throughout the entire film, has a reason not to take Bodie out. Whether it's he's just very good friends with him, or Bodhi has kidnapped his uh, his girlfriend. The two reasons why Keanu Reeves actually doesn't take it to the point where he's going to take Bodhi out. In this remake, you kill off the love interest, who is in two scenes, by the way. <laughs> she barely does anything. Very forgettable. They go swimming, and then there's like like a love scene. And it's pretty much her only role in the movie, other than being revealed, is the person that, that gets shot in a bank robbery gone wrong. And, you know, Johnny Utah in that film actually kills the love interest, um, unbeknownst to him. But then after that, there's really zero reason why he's keeping Bodie alive. Because they're, they're not, as far as I can see in the movie, they're not friends. Uh, he just made him... Uh, basically kill someone that he was into and this whole i'm not going to shoot you i'm just going to chase you around and climb rocks and jump off of waterfalls and not die for some reason (laughs) and all this it's like no like you're an fbi agent like literally shoot that guy uh into the movie (laughs) roll credits but like there's no explanation of why he continues this like farce of a chase with this guy like it's just so strange because it's a rewrite and it was bad (laughs) um but no getting back to the group though yeah 
Bodie and his group in the mm-hmm. original, they're a little more fun. They're they're playing football, like you said. They're having parties. They're just hanging out. And then they're just surfing for fun. They are just having fun. Keanu Reeves is seeing this. He yeah. wants to join them. You're watching this as a viewer going, yeah, that actually seems like a fun lifestyle. Maybe I want to do that. But then you watch the group in the new one. They're not really having fun. Sure, there's the parties, but you don't really see them party. And they're not really just doing sports for fun. They're just like, we have to train yeah. for this, for the Izaki 8, and that's all we're going to do. And they have one meal, I think. And that's really the only time you ever see them not doing the extreme sport or philosophizing about it. Yeah, they kind of burrow out. They burrow out in that one scene where they're like outdoors in nature. And yeah. That's the closest thing we get. You're right. But there's nothing appealing there really for me. It's like you're doing this super extreme dangerous thing and then you're not really having fun. Sure, you're getting drunk and everything, but it's like it's just a party. It's like, come on, mate. We don't need to do these extreme sports things. Can we just can we just play football on the beach? Huh? Dan, you're telling me you don't want to almost die in a big wave, wake up the next day, go to French Fight Club, get your ass kicked. <laughs> like, yeah, where's the fun, man? Like, it's not there. In in the original film, you're right. Like, I feel like I want to be part of the crew, even though they're they're criminals. It's like, look at these guys. They live by their own rules. They see the people that are working like a nine to five. They call their cars metal coffins. They're like, look at these lunks going out there and slaves to money. And like, we're just out here living this surfer lifestyle and they're, we're free. And that, that motivation makes sense. It makes sense that they would turn to something as extreme as robbing banks because to them, the worst thing you could do is have a normal job. So Fuck it. If we got to rob banks to, like, go surf the biggest waves out there, that's what we're going to do. And, like, that motivation makes sense. And it's fun to watch them interact. It's fun to watch them. <laughs> even even when they're robbing banks, they're having fun. You know, there's they're doing the they're all they're called the ex-presidents. Right. And then they're doing the voices uh, of the presidents, especially the guy who's got the Dick Nixon mask on. He loves oh, Nixon, just killing it, <laughs> yucking it up as Dick Nixon. He's, he's quoting Nixon saying, I am not a crook as he's leaving the scene of the crime, showing his ass to people with thank you written on it. I mean, yeah, they're having fun no matter what they're doing, yeah. except until the end where they get shot. Then they're not having as much fun. <laughs> you know, and the movie sort of implies that if you follow your, your code, if you're true to yourself, you know, that things work out. And really, Bodhi runs into trouble in that movie because he breaks his own code. Like, that's what sets off his problems because he took it too far. And, I mean, this other movie has a code, but Jesus, man. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even understand it half the time. You had mentioned it before, French Fight Club. Okay, so there's a scene in the remake where Johnny Utah decides to meet up uh, where Bodhi, he said the gang would be. And it's this skeezy, underground, pretty much like what you said, Fight Club, just two dudes just duking it out. And then everybody's like, what are you doing here, Utah? He's like, Bodhi told me I should yeah. come here. And then Bodhi's like, it's okay, it's okay. And out of nowhere, they just start fighting each other, just wailing on him. Johnny Utah's taking his shirt off, and he's just like, all right, bro. And then Bodhi sucker punches him, and I'm like, I guess they're in a fight now. I didn't understand why they fought, and I didn't understand why they still hung out with him after the fight. He just said, you're not ready. And then he's Johnny Utah's just moping outside with playing with a lighter like a little baby, and then, okay, you could come in the group, I guess. The motivations for letting him in the group were unclear, and so much of the (laughs) remake is unclear. Oh, and then the the scene where where they say, oh, we knew you were an FBI guy, like, the whole time, but we thought we could free you. It's like, what what are you talking about, man? (laughs) Bad writing, because he wasn't an FBI agent originally. They had to write that in. It doesn't make sense at all. I mean, just from from their perspective, even if this guy could potentially like learn about himself 
you could just do the extreme sports thing and not bring him into the crime part. Like, there was no reason to actually bring him into the criminal element or hang out with him at all. Like, if you're going to be doing multinational crimes that, you know, you could be indicted for, why are you hanging out with the FBI guy? Because he used to YouTube skateboard or something like that? It's insane. I was basically just saying, like, why would they hang out with an FBI agent? Like, it doesn't make any sense at all. Just if you're going to be doing these major crimes and their timeline's even shorter than the original film, it's two weeks. What are you doing? They're doing the Uzaki 8. They have to do the challenges and afterwards they have to give back, which for some reason means committing large crimes. Samsara, the love interest in the remake, she had mentioned that the original Uzaki, one of the ways he gave back was he planted a tree once. Couldn't they just be planting trees the whole fucking movie? Did they need to be committing these super over-the-top heists where poor people get money? Why did they have to commit crimes? Yeah. You would have been fine if you just kept planting trees. I don't know why you had to commit crimes. Now you got the FBI after you. It doesn't make sense to me. Like you're right, based off of their own interpretation of what Ozaki stood for, the most extreme thing he did was his boat got in front of some whalers and, like, that was his demise, but it didn't sound like he was, like, an extreme eco-terrorist. It didn't sound like he was, like, going out there with, like, assault rifles and, like, robbing people and, like, just dumping diamonds and gold in remote villages because that's how you fix class, uh, you know, classism. It's like, it's ridiculous, man. And wasn't their thing, that, so they're giving back to the earth, right? Am I correct there? Yeah, I think so, yeah. They, because we've been taking so much from it, and like you said, they're eco-terrorists, pretty much. But the one mission, they want to stop a gold mine from being uh, mined, pretty much. They have to blow up the side of a mountain. Isn't that taking away from the Earth? Aren't they doing the exact same thing that they're trying to fight against? <laughs> Am I wrong there? You're not wrong. I don't think that anybody thought about it as hard as you did just now. <laughs> it's wild to me to think that that film got greenlit in that way. Like, I feel bad that we have to keep doing this, but it, it just felt like to me, someone's like, some producer's like, well, I'm getting my money back for this thing somehow. <laughs> and just all the things that get shoehorned in there. And the entire time I was watching it, it was actually basically like just going between random action set pieces. <laughs> the character building, man, I would have loved it. I remember watching the original film. It's like, I love the Swayze Keanu Reeves connection. I love what Lori Petty does in the movie where she's got character and she's capable and goes out there and she surfs and introduces him to the culture and is a big driving point for the plot in your second and third act of the film. Gary Busey is, he's in rare form. Like, I, I just think that there's something missing there because Keanu's interactions with Gary Busey are awesome. Keanu's interactions, honestly, with all of these characters, with um, the, the lieutenant, there, there's everyone has a personality and it comes through and that just helps you know where people stand in the film i think it's just missing there there's no there's no life to these characters in a remake yeah they don't really have any personality they're just sort of going through the motions and doing these extreme sports like gary Busey, right he was hilarious in the original oh he has so much character just he brings so much humor and levity to the film and then his banter with Keanu, you know, just gives him and Keanu so much more depth. They have so much to do. And then you have Papa's in the in the remake, and that's played by Ray Winstone, who I loved in The Departed, but I honestly feel, again, he's one of those shoehorn characters in. He really has nothing to do. 
Do you know anything he did? Underutilized. I think he took him surfing. Like, that's the one thing. <laughs> that's it. And he vaguely says that maybe he's getting too close to these people, which I don't understand why anyone would think that. <laughs> you know? Um, no, nah, Busey does so much in that first film. Like, uh, from the beginning when they're training and he, like, belly flops into the pool and he's, like, talking shit about Keanu while he's blindfolded and he realizes <laughs> that he's talking to him. Um, he makes him get meatballs for <laughs> Two, two meatballs. <laughs> like this, this, these little moments are fun, and they they break up. You know what could potentially get stale in the movie, where you're just watching this surfing without context. Like there's context to what everyone's doing. Yeah, it's building these characters. You know, it's giving them personality. They actually okay. I get who Gary Busey is. Like immediately from that first interaction with Keanu, it's like okay, he's kind of a dick, but he's also kind of funny, and he's 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 gonna be one of the good guys. I get it. But then you really don't get that from any of the characters in the remake. They yeah. they don't get a chance to like joke around or show any of their personality. They're, it's all business all the time with everybody. We just we're trying to drive the plot forward. We're not gonna do anything on the side. I'm not gonna talk to you about cold pizza and how it's good bre- good breakfast for you. Yeah. You know, the FBI investigation is a bigger part of the first movie where you have this like this red herring, like this this other group of guys, and maybe this is the ex president. And you get this insanely epic raid scene, like you mentioned. <laughs> oh, yes, very memorable. And Anthony Kiedis, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, is there. Yeah. <laughs> Shoots himself in the foot. Oh, man. Yeah, and there's there's that, that R rating right there. There's a ton of nudity in that scene. Guy gets shot in the foot. Someone's going to slam Kano's head into a lawnmower. <laughs> that was a fantastic action sequence. You want to see a good action sequence remake? Watch that. That raid, even though it's like 90s and it's a stupid reason, like, I can't hear over this lawnmower. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. But like still, like my heart was pumping because like they have a lot of guns in that house. Yeah. A lot of people are getting shot. Tom Sizemore is undercover in that scene. Like, so much happening. It's, it's crazy. Uh, I loved it. It was the action during that raid was awesome. I loved it. Yeah. And it, it's a turning point for Keanu and Gary Busey because Gary is, you know, even though he's a jokester, he's a career professional. It comes up a lot. He's like, I've had to fire my gun 19 times in my career. He had to shoot somebody that day. Keanu Reeves had to shoot a guy for the first time on duty. And it, it's a turning point for him. You know, he's realizing that there's stakes to this. It's not just about surfing and having fun. Like, he's he's into some kind of dangerous shit. And that scene, it's awesome. Like, other than, you know, these big, cool bank robbery scenes, that's one of the other few times where you get to see Keanu in action in this, like, FBI mode. And I think it serves the movie so well because you now have a turning point. It's like, okay, we thought it was these guys. Tom Sizemore's pissed because he's been working this case for, for three months. <laughs> you think he likes that hair? Yeah. It's like, let me tell you, how, how were they there when they were freaking Fort Lauderdale? <laughs> My wife wants me to stay at a Ramada. <laughs> See, we're we're able to quote it because it's it's so yeah, it's fun, it's memorable. You know, they're believable characters. They have somewhere to go. I, I believe this world. It's memorable. I can't say the same about any of the characters in the remake. There's none of these little minor moments, but that's just like yeah. world building. I love it. Right. World building is so big for any movie, which is, I think, where a lot of remakes are going to suffer. Um, You know, we've talked about this before. A lot of the reason we like the original movies is because they built this universe and you you love going there and experiencing it. And a lot of times when you do a remake, you're not playing in the same universe. So it's like, okay, this may be thematically the same thing, but it's not the thing that we originally liked. And this remake just, one, it's not, we're going to say, all right, it's not even a point break movie. And you, you don't get these fun moments. 
like me and you aren't talking about the fun scene where Sizemore and Busey, like you, you you're missing that. You mean the fun scene where they uh, jump in a hole and open parachutes? That 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 was fun, right? Yeah. Impressive, impressive feat. It was all very impressive. I, but I'm... like, where's the fun, right? It's just like, oh, that was nice, but give me something else. <laughs> I will say that if I did have a complaint about the first film, other than the plot is absurd, we can say that. Like, it's kind of absurd that he would have been allowed to work that undercover case the way he did. My other complaint, other than just absurdity, is. I think the runtime is a little too long because we get into a moment where about an hour into the movie, I was sort of checking the time. I was like, where the hell are they going from here? Because I hadn't seen it in a while. And I mean, you were basically kind of at what could have been pretty much close to your third act and you're halfway through the movie. And I'm like, all right, so this robbery is basically gone wrong. Where are we going from here? And it goes on for um, probably a little bit longer than it should have. There's some elements that get introduced that I don't think that's going to need to be there. But those would be really my only complaints about the original movie. Oh, I definitely agree. Yeah. The runtime felt, you felt it. I was checking the time just to see like how much, wow, half hour still to go. It definitely dragged out at certain points. I mean, I love the action sequences, but there was just some slow parts that mm, it dragged out and they definitely didn't need to do that. But as much as I thought that movie was long, the remake is shorter, but I was just like, oh my God, (laughs) when is this movie going to end? Because that, even though it was shorter, that still felt longer yeah. than the original. Yeah, no, it definitely felt longer. And, I mean, really, what made the first film feel long to me was they had, at about the halfway point of the movie, had introduced the concept that now Bodhi knows that Keanu Reeves is an FBI agent, and yet they still kind of, like, pal about and stuff like that. It was a little, little strange. Yeah, I didn't understand that, because... Okay, so there was the failed bank robbery, and Keanu is pretty much chasing, I'm going to assume it's Bodhi under the Reagan mask, right? It was Bodhi? Yeah, I so, yeah. And uh, he, he kind of has him dead to rights. He's, he's, he can't run anymore, but he's got him locked in his sights with his gun. You think he's going to shoot him. Bodhi can get away, but Bodhi doesn't either. He's, they're just kind of doing a stare-off. Right. Uh, the, you know, the bromance. Yeah. They're just staring at each other, so you know that... Whoever it is, which is Bodie, he's getting a good look. He knows it's Johnny Utah. It's not just some right. random FBI guy. He knows who it is. And you think, okay, cat's out of the bag. This is it. It's over. This is our third act. We're, we're just going to wrap everything up nicely. But everything doesn't get wrapped up nicely. Instead, they still hang out and they do this skydiving sequence, which confused me because I was like, well, obviously Johnny knows they're the bad guys. Right. And they know he's the cop so right. why are we all hanging out here like we don't know who's who yeah so yeah. it felt odd and i feel like maybe they should have done the skydiving earlier before i agree the bank robbery yeah the whole time i was watching i was just scratching my head like i was trying to come up with excuses like why would they be still hanging out and skydiving it didn't make sense to me they should have just came to him and be like we have uh tyler now you're gonna do what we want but instead, they they hang out, bro, and do some cool skydiving. And they kind of threaten, like, your shoot might not open. Yeah. Oh, shit, they're going to do this to him, huh? But it's just a playful banter that they're all still yeah. seeming to have fun with this right, FBI right. guy who wants to put them away. Unclear character motivations spread throughout the final half of the film. Yeah. I think that there was an opportunity to sort of kind of start winding down and stick the dismount, as it were, because uh, up until then, the movies, you know, plot points be damned, was pretty fantastic. And then the second half actually kind of takes away from uh, from the film, because I think that runtime and the confusing character motivation for like the 20 minutes or so afterwards, it gets a, it's a little out there. It's like, OK, they're skydiving. 
you know, it, it is what it is. Like, I'm not going to complain too much about the plot of Point Break. Exactly. It's Point Break. So you're like, okay, I guess. <laughs> Why yeah. not? Why not? They're, they're going to have one more hangout before uh, the shit hits the fan. I, I will say that um, another thing about some of those scenes that we're talking about, the skydiving, you know, when Bodhi gets away from him in the Reagan mask, there's things that get introduced by the characters that come back. It's like Johnny Utah didn't go pro because he hurt his knee. You know, they play off of that in the movie. I think it's smart. It's a nice way to, you know, keep in the audience's mind that, hey, remember Johnny Utah was the big time quarterback until his knee gave out. And like, here it is again, that knee giving him problems. And it's like, now you're, you're unsure as an audience member if he's going to be able to complete his mission, you know, be able to like stop these guys because he's got the old, the old knees bothering him again. Wait, a plot that calls back to an earlier scene? It's like they put thought into the script or something, Reggie. Yeah. I mean, the one glaring plot point in both movies that um, kills me, but again, I, I will ignore it for, you know, that Swayze can of goodness. Who goes undercover as himself? <laughs> okay. Never thought about that. Good point. <laughs> it was fine. You know, like the way it's shot and the way... It actually kind of helps him get respect from the game that they know he's Johnny Utah. But generally, uh, if you're the Federal Bureau of Investigation, you don't send famous athletes undercover. Typically, you don't want your undercover people to be recognizable to anyone in the streets. Because, I mean, like, I don't know. What's Johnny Utah been up to all these years? Like, anyone could recognize him. Someone said, hey, how's it going at the academy? You know? like you know how you do undercover work a lot as a cop? You still doing that? You undercover right now? Yeah. I get what you're saying, though. So I didn't even think about that. But they probably just did that so he could get accepted into the groups a little bit easier. Both movies. He uses the name Johnny Utah to get in with them because it's it's a well-known name in both their circles. Yeah, absolutely. So it's forgivable in, in the film. Even though it's generally absurd to be yourself undercover, it actually fits in this movie because... It's the one thing that actually gives these people a little bit of respect for him because they don't really respect his surfing. But then when they realize, oh, man, you had that great game at USC, like that, that's his in and it, it, and it works. And it also lets you know, again, without doing much saying, hey, Keanu Reeves in this movie is a stud. Like this guy's a all pro blue flame quarterback. He's the hotshot kid with great accuracy. And I think it works really well. What are your thoughts on um, Bodhi's sort of turn in the original film where he's pretty nonviolent throughout most of the movie and then he gets to the point where he's taking people uh, hostage? You know, he kidnaps Tyler um, and basically is going to have someone take her out if uh, he doesn't pull off his bank robbery successfully. There's a bit of an arc there as well. Yeah, all of a sudden out of nowhere, he just becomes this huge threat to our hero. I don't know, just kind of went with it. I know it seems like kind of out of nowhere. He said himself, like, I don't like violence. You know, I could never do that to Tyler. It's not me. It's Rosie. I think it was Rosie. Yeah, Rosie. Yep. So he kind of plays off that it's not really him. And it's like, I was okay with it because I really didn't think he would hurt Tyler since he did have a past relationship with her. Sure. And he said, as long as you do what I say, then um, everything will be okay. So it didn't seem that out of character for me and it made him a serious threat and right. it gives you one of the more interesting scenes in the movie where now keanu reeves actually has to help them do a bank robbery and i think having her life on the line that's good motivation for him to just go yeah okay i'll do whatever you say so it worked for me i, I thought it was believable absolutely i'll say because uh, you are talking about that sort of final bank robbing scene where keanu's kind of involved um despite you know he really doesn't want to be involved but they have his girlfriend at this point 
boy, does that scene raise the stakes substantially. Like, the movie goes from being kind of like, ho-hum, look at us, you know, take from the rich, give to ourselves, to, dude, you shot a cop, bro. <laughs> like, half your gang gets taken out in this one sequence, and it's this, uh, this one moment where Bodie makes a choice that is outside of his, uh, his typical character, and the consequences for everyone are, um, you know, dire. It's pretty substantial. Yeah, that's definitely the moment in the movie where you're like, okay, this isn't just going to be fun anymore. People are dying. Keanu Reeves is committing a crime without a mask. Right. He's the only one without a mask. And they make sure, hey, look at the camera. Yeah. He's screwed. People are dying. His girl may die. The stakes are raised to the, as high as they can be at this point. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think it's good. You need that kind of turn to like, now we're not going to have jokes anymore. Now it's going to be serious. And it kind of lets you know that the movie is going to be wrapping up soon. Or hopefully it does yeah. get drawn out a little <laughs> bit. It goes on for a little bit longer. Yeah, I think you need that turn. That turns awesome, and Busey gets to, um, that relationship comes back into play, whereas in this remake, there is no relationship with Pappas in this new film, so there wouldn't be a reason why, if Johnny Utah was in trouble, Pappas would bail him out. It's like, in this scene, like, it's it's looking bad for Johnny, you know, he's he's been caught on camera, a cop's dead, you know, um, he's in cuffs at one point, and the only thing that really saves him in that moment is this relationship that he built with Pappas. And again, the movie paying off on earlier sequences, and I think it works really well there. And it starts getting into crazy town, though, <laughs> with the skydiving and uh, the plot from there. It, it gets pretty ramped up, dude. Oh, I love that. Papa's like, releases him. They go to the airport because that's where Bodhi's going to go. And then we have another shootout. Unfortunately, Gary Busey's Papa's gets killed. You know, it's a bummer. He was, he was definitely an enjoyable character. I forgot he was in this movie. He's one of my favorite characters in the movie. And then uh, we're in the airplane with Keanu, uh, Swayze, and one of his other uh, buddies in the group. And here's another plot hole I don't quite understand. So they're flying, but they have to parachute out in order to drive away. Couldn't they just fly to where they needed to go? Unless they're driving to Mexico. I wasn't entirely sure. I think their explanation was that they were on radar and that, you know, if they stayed in the plane, they would potentially be caught because eventually they would know where they're landing. That was sort of my takeaway, but, it, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's Again, it's, it's an absurd plot. So for some reason, Patrick Swayze, they have to skydive to get away. <laughs> of course, right? Yeah. But it, it is a really cool scene because Swayze and his guy get away. Keanu is he's up there, he's just so pissed, he doesn't have a shoot. And he just jumps anyway. I was like, do it, do it. <laughs> and he, he did it. It was so awesome. He just jumps out of there, just goes right after Bodie. He's like, you pull it, you pull the cord. And then... Yeah. Well, you can't pull the cord if you're holding your gun. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's an awesome sequence. You know, jumping out of a plane without a chute, that's really cool. I don't know how they filmed it, but it looked pretty real to me. I'm I'm sure the Mm close-up shots weren't uh, real skydiving, but it looked pretty awesome. And my adrenaline was going during those scenes. I love, like, um, I know we always talk about, like, practical effects and, you know, shooting real stuff. That sequence looked great because you could tell most of it was not, like, some random green screen CGI bullshit. Like, they, people jumped out of planes and it made it work. I think that both films do a great job with that. You get real action sequences, real people surfing, real people skydiving, and it holds up completely. So again, one of the things I'll say about the remake is they, they do these extreme sports and they do them all practical. Like they got they hired professionals and they filmed it. And they all look it looks beautiful. Like I my favorite is definitely the wingsuit jump. That's just such a cool thing to do and uh, it looks amazing to see on film. 
It's a great shot. But <laughs> doesn't help drive the plot. Exactly. Right. That's the biggest problem with the remake. Style over substance. Yeah, exactly. The fact that the original movie has these great characters that we can recall, but then awesome action sequences as well, works. You know, if you just have the action sequences in the original Point Break, we're not talking about it. It was a character-driven movie with good action. This other movie is just action with very little character. And that's the biggest problem with the remake and what actually makes the original movie shine and why we decided to, you know, watch it and talk about it. That's exactly it. I don't remember much of the action sequences from the original Point Break, but I, I remember the characters. I remember some Keanu's, Keanuisms. I am an FBI agent. You know, I can <laughs> quote the movie, even though I haven't seen it in years. But the characters brought me back to it, and then the action sequences just blew me away because I yeah. didn't remember them being that good. And they still hold up today. The yeah. bank robbery, the first one where Keanu was chasing Swayze like through like houses in, in L.A. It's just yeah. the way they shot that. Oh my god, it's just incredible! Yeah. Like the camera's just like behind them, and then you feel like you're in the chase at the same time. It is so yeah. good the way they filmed it. It shot so well when they when he sets fire to the car at the gas station. Just like everything about that scene is awesome. And especially when he throws a dog at a guy. Yeah, he th threw the pit bull at him. And then Keanu has to kick the dog. You're like, oh, dip. They would not do that today. <laughs> no, they would not. <laughs> it's so absurd. And I love it. That's really what it comes down to. That's the definition to me of Point Break. It's so absurd. And I love it. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Action was great. The music just it was perfect. Everything about the action sequence. I couldn't want anything better because it was just perfect. I loved it. But then you have the action sequences in the remake, and they're okay. It's mostly just the stunts, which is cool in itself, but the stakes aren't really there. You know our main characters aren't going to die. You're really focusing on Bodie and Utah. So if one of the guys in the gang dies, it sucks, but hey, you don't really care about them because you don't get to know them. And uh, even the characters don't care if they die. It's like, your friend died. He knew what he was doing. It's like this bullshit that the movie has been spouting the whole time. It's like, all right, you don't care? I don't care. The minute he committed to it, it was his line. Like, all right. Yeah, it's so stupid. Yeah. But um, <laughs> there's no stakes in it. There are so much stakes in the action sequences in the original. And yeah. just completely missing from the remake. When you, when you have a movie like that and nobody really cares that the love interest died that's a poorly written or shot film the love interest the word is interest and we're not interested like i don't care sensor it means wonder it's like I, it means get out of the movie is <laughs> <laughs> get out of the movie because you're very forgettable that also bothered me about the remake it's like you kept johnny utah you got papas you got bodie but we're gonna change tyler to samsara yeah it's like Come on, man. We could, we, why do we got to change one thing when we keep everything else the same? She probably got work and couldn't come in for reshoots. I was going to go there, too. Yeah. That's, that's have what had to happen, right? Because when you really think about it, the only person that's really in the scenes that tie you into Point Break are uh, Johnny Utah here. Mm -hmm. He's the only one talking to Pappas. He's the only one talking to Delroy Lindo. The other characters aren't really in these FBI sequences. I mean, that's pretty telling to me. Except for Bodhi at the very end. But that's only at the very end. That's fair. Because I don't even think, other than the one scene where he goes, we knew you were a cop, does anybody in the group ever mention, we got this FBI after us? I don't think it's ever mentioned that they feel a threat of the FBI catching them. Yeah, no. No. No, but I, you did bring up the end, so I guess we could talk about how these fantastic movies end. Do you want to describe it? or? Let's see. So... 
I had a little bit of trouble with the original, but I, I just stopped thinking and I had fun with it again. Because, you know, it seems like he's in pretty dire straits. Like, he's has been cuffed. You know, he's being essentially implicated in the murder of an off-duty cop. But then, like, next thing you know, he's still an FBI guy. And he, apparently for the past year, he's been chasing Bodie. And I just missed you two weeks ago in Mexico. And, um, but he knew the one place he could find Bodie, which was this once-in-a-lifetime big wave. There's a giant storm, 50-foot waves. Bodie could not resist going out there and trying to, you know, just have this epic ride on these waves. And him and Cameron have, have this uh, sort of meetup again. It was going to say, it was alluded to before at the party Bodie had at his house. They were all talking about, what's the biggest wave in the world? And he's like, let me tell you about this two-time-in-a-century wave, man. I don't, my Swayze comes out as McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much uh, somewhere off the coast, coast of Australia, there's this wave that hits because some Arctic front comes north to Australia and it only happens twice a century so Keanu knew that he couldn't resist it. So again, a call back to something that happened earlier in the plot. Of course, and, and there's that connection again that those two made a connection and they shared stories and, you know, they shared experiences with each other so Keanu knew that and he knew where to find his his friend, you know. Even though they had a lot of issues clearly, you know, holding his girlfriend ransom and you know, implicating him in a crime and all that stuff. They're still buddies. <laughs> They're still buddies. Which is why when Keanu throws the cuffs on him and Patrick Swayze is pleading, he's like, bro, let me ride the wave, man. <laughs> I know I killed people. I know I robbed banks and, you know, captured your girlfriend and threatened to kill her and threw you out of a plane and all this other stuff. But, dude, look at that wave. <laughs> and uh, Keanu reaches, lets him ride. Yeah, uh, again, like I said when I was a kid, that ending confused me. It was like, why is he letting him go? Not only does he let him go, he takes his badge, his FBI badge, and just throws it away. He's done. <laughs> Big problem with the movie, because you're telling me Keanu spent a year, about, searching for this guy just to find him, let him go, and quit his job. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Come on, man. I mean, I get it. It's stupid to let Swayze just surf it out, but... It's the kind of movie it was. We had this yeah. this surfing philosophy throughout the whole movie. So I was like, I guess this is the only way the movie could end. But then you have, did he have to throw his badge away too? It's like, what was the point? What are you trying to do? Yeah, yeah it's true. It's like one of those moments where, you know, if he was really trying to get back at this guy for everything he'd done to him, you keep those cuffs on him and this guy spends the rest of his life wondering what could have been with that wave. But, um, you know, maybe in the moment, Cameron Reeves friendship was rekindled and he's like you know what i i know this is what you want i also know you're not getting out of this alive so i guess in a way that's justice but not really this guy's dying doing what he loves <laughs> it's crazy and like he said before at the party there's nothing wrong with dying doing what you love so swayze really wins at the end <laughs> when you think about it totally goes to valhalla this is like exactly what he wanted man i don't know it, it's an epic scene him just like uh, riding out that wave and just kind of like crashing out. It's actually really well shot. It's fun fun to see. All the cops are like, oh, we'll just get him when he comes back in. <laughs> He's not coming back. He's it's not coming back. <laughs> so good. It's so good. <laughs> Again, it's absurd, but I love it. Like, it makes zero sense in terms of, like you said, what he's been talking about. I was chasing you here. I was chasing you there, and I missed you, but like now I finally got you, this thing that I've been searching for. I don't care. Go ride your wave. Have fun. Yep, that's point break for you. <laughs> I mean... 
Whereas this this other film, I mean, I am confused. I'm confused. <laughs> because, one, they're not really friends. I keep saying that. Maybe they are as written on paper, but, like, based on what the movie showed me and the experiences that were shown to the audience, these guys aren't friends. You made me shoot my girlfriend. You, you killed a bunch of people. I've known you for two weeks. Like, whatever, man. Like, I took a, a Blackwater helicopter out to the middle of the ocean to find you, and then I just get zipped up back in the helicopter. You go ride your wave. It's it's insane. It's stupid, too, because he's he's there by himself. At least Keanu had, like, all these other cops with him, right? Right. But, no, we're just going right. to send Utah by himself in this one helicopter to the middle of the ocean, which I, I don't know. And then he just lets him go, and it's just, yeah. it again, we keep saying this, it's felt so shoehorned in. It's, it's called Point Break, so it has to end with a guy surfing and dying. So that's how they ended it. It made no yeah. sense. It wasn't as deep uh, as the original, that's for sure. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was just they just did it because it's called Point Break. That's it. That's it. It's just there's so many elements that don't make sense in the context of this new, new film. They didn't make sense in the original, but they were explained a little bit better, like, it doesn't really make sense that the FBI is bankrolling this experience. Like, what have you been doing for two weeks? Oh, I've just been, like, hanging out. Like, he's been getting laid. I got pictures. <laughs> he's got zero evidence of any crime until they actually commit a crime. And, and it's just like, why are they using all these resources? Because it seems really expensive to fly helicopters and drive boats and all this stuff. You know, in the original film, it's also a little dubious, but... You know, Gary Busey's a seasoned veteran. He's the only person with anything resembling a lead on these guys. So I could see Dr. Cox letting them, you know, try to <laughs> figure this one out. It makes a little bit more sense. But there's also the idea that he's on thin ice. It's not like, hey, dude, just go out there and surf. It was like, hey, it's crunch time. Where Give me some results. Like, that that tension is actually there in the film. And it, it it's a plot point. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good to have those. Actually, going back to the ending, the remake doesn't end with surfing. Oh, yeah. The remake ends with snowboarding. Our hero, Johnny Utah, has now, it looks like he's decided to do the Ozaki 8 himself. I guess. Is that what that was? That's... Oh, wow. I think that's what it was. I mean, it doesn't make sense, though, because he already did the snowboarding one, so did he have to do it again? Or maybe he just... I don't know. That's what I saw. He's doing it again. He might as well have. He did about five of them just hanging out for two weeks, so <laughs> might as well figure it out. I'm just tired of even talking about it. Like, who cares? <laughs> the Ozaki 8. Like, what is this, man? The end, I know, I get it. it. It's It was stupid. The ending was stupid, but the opening was pretty stupid as well. I want to get into the opening of the remake. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, let's talk about it, man. Okay, so the opening is unique in that there's no opening credits, right? You're right. No, they just kind of start the movie. It starts out with Johnny Utah, like we said. He's on a motorcycle, but he's not alone. The whole movie, he's been mourning the death of his friend Jeff, who we meet here. So we're introduced to Johnny Utah and his buddy Jeff right away. And they're just talking about, we're going to get so many views, bro. It's going to be awesome. They're on this mountain dirt trail, whatever. They're doing it. They got a monster-sponsored helicopter filming them for YouTube. They're riding through doing this yeah. crazy maneuvers and then comes this jump this one jump over like i don't know how to describe it i guess it's like over a canyon pretty much but there's like a small 
rock pillar that they can land on, right? It's very small, very difficult. Johnny Utah does the jump, lands it perfectly fine. His buddy Jeff's coming up. Oh, Jeff also played by the guy from the Psycho show. I remember after we did Psycho, I started watching the TV show, so I'm still watching it. This guy plays Norman Bates' brother on the show. He plays Dylan. So I was so happy to see him. I'm like, oh my God, the guy from Psycho. I like him in Psycho. I was so happy he was in the movie. I'm like, I can't wait to see what he does. Is he Johnny Utah, maybe? Oh boy, was I a disappointment when uh, as soon as Jeff does his jump, uh uh-uh, uh, he does not land that right, and he he sort of teeters at the edge of that cliff, and Johnny Utah is trying to pull him up, and Jeff falls to his death. Nah. Now, <laughs> normally you see somebody die in a movie, you're just like, oh, that sucks. But you introduce two characters in minute one and in minute two, one of them's dead. I was laughing so yeah. hard that this movie tried to make me feel anything at this early in the movie. I couldn't believe they did that. I was like, what? Even the way he fell into the canyon looked pretty fake and CG. Oh, it's so bad. So bad. So I was laughing for a good five minutes after this opening, unintentionally. So I knew from that moment on, oh boy, this is going to be a really bad movie. And I mean, like, anyone that would make a jump like that, like, not even to get too technical with the motorbikes or anything, you bail. Like, you fuck that bike, dude. Like, <laughs> I lost the bike. Done. Made the jump. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, this guy's supposed to be really good at this? Is that what you're telling me? Because, like, it doesn't seem like it. He could have reached for Johnny's arm and then just let the bike fall. Yeah, like, they're holding on to the bike. Like, he's, like, revving the bike, and, like, this guy's trying to hold this, like, hundreds of pound bike instead of his friend. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, and you're right. Like, why, why do I care? You don't. You, and I hope you had a good laugh like I did, because I couldn't believe <laughs> it. It was like Dylan from <laughs> Bates Motel, just here and then gone. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe it. You don't do that. If anything, you have it in a flashback later in the movie. You don't introduce a character and kill him right away. That's just bad movie making yeah. right there. Come yeah. on. That's bad. It's just, wow. It's insane, dude. It's insane. It makes, like, the whole movie makes you question what was originally going to be in it. You know, like, the entire time, just like, was that scene actually in it before? Or was that added to give him motivation to be in the FBI? Or was that, like, part of the thing before? Like, it doesn't fit with anything else in the film. Nope. It's only called back to that one scene. He's, he's not even really phased by the fact that his friend died. You know, he's not struggling with it throughout the movie. Right. See, I thought that that might make sense to me if like his character arc was like, oh, my friend died, so I gave up extreme sports. I joined the FBI. Now I'm doing extreme sports again with these guys. Now that I solved the crime, I'm going to go back to dirt biking. I thought it was going to end with him dirt biking. That would have made more sense to me. That would make more sense. Yeah. You know, maybe him doing like a crazy jump or something like that yeah then like this one's for you jeff you know something lame yeah. and cheesy just like the original point break but no yeah they, they go a totally different route i mean it's just like is he xander cage like i'm just really confused by like what's going on man like wh- you're right why is he snowboarding and, and it's not even it's not a long sequence it's not explained it's just oh that guy's last wave which is totally where you in that movie Honestly, the only way, only reason he's snowboarding is to roll credits. That's insane. And to show the stunts one more time. Just like, hey, remember, <laughs> the movie wasn't that bad. Look at these stunts. Now you can see the line. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy, indeed. Oh, boy. I guess Poor I'll... Jeff. <laughs> Poor Jeff. I was so happy. He's like, oh, yeah, he's in the movie. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Um, just quickly, like I said before, there was nudity in the original, so that means it was rated R. A lot of F-bombs dropped by Johnny Utah at hilarious points when he's trying to learn how to surf. Loved it. Yeah. The remake, though, PG-13, couldn't show as much nudity <laughs> or any nudity at all. And uh, definitely right. no cursing. So I don't know if it would have really made it a better movie <laughs> at all if it was rated R. I don't know what they could have done <laughs> with that rated R rating to improve what they had. I mean, the only thing they could have done is, I guess, to make shooting scenes more graphic or you know when these guys were like randomly dying during the challenges maybe that could have been more graphic which wouldn't have helped at all so it, you're right there's not much based on what we saw that a rated r rating would have helped them with like i don't think they would have used it properly to be honest and we did say there was a lot of good the use of practical effects in the remake was like amazing and i applaud them for that for sure. but every time they used green screen you could easily tell it was some of the worst green screen effects i've seen in a movie uh made so recently 2015 not that long ago but you could clearly tell it was just like oh that doesn't look real at all so good practical effects bad cgi effects in this movie bad cgi yeah or just bad green screen in general very true it's unfortunate because you know you can tell a lot of work was put into filming it it must have been pretty intense to shoot a lot of those scenes and Whatever they were originally shooting, I don't think it was really served well by being thrown in as a uh, as a point break movie. I guess more people saw it, which is I guess is good, maybe. But at the same time, like it doesn't I don't know. Like I guess it's cool that we saw that they did it, but like we didn't enjoy it, so I don't know how, how good that was. Because I think in another context I would have been fine with all those action sequences if it was some other film and there was some other plot getting you to the different action sequences yeah absolutely by making a point break you're gonna make that connection to the original point break and by not having anything in common with the original point break you're just gonna get angry and furious and just question it the whole time like well, i don't understand why they're doing this they didn't do this in the original right so if you have any love for that then uh, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be happy but maybe we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves here <laughs> um might be i'm just trying to see if there's any other points that we could talk about oh the getting hair sample scene that seemed a little that seems a little absurd to me because they're going around the beach to get hair samples they're, they're trying to figure out like the toxicity of the hair sample that they found at the crime to match the toxicity of somewhere on the beach but couldn't they just get the sample directly from the water did they have to cut off people's hair i wasn't sure about that interesting but then how you get camera reads like oh you got a huge going through here like you need you need that <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those stupid scenes that just didn't make sense to me in the yeah. original it was there for uh it was there for funsies definitely i mean you can't take away they're just trying to have a little bit of fun and it's it's a movie about a cop who goes undercover to become a surfer you have to have fun with that it's so yeah. stupid saying that out loud that if you don't have these stupid little jokes and have fun with it then you're making the wrong movie correct 100 percent agree yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm just looking through the notes. I think we hit on most of the stuff. Like, we talked about the characters. The remake didn't give us much to work with. They're just completely two different films, so it's really hard to make comparisons because the whole thing is different. I mean, the music, maybe? <laughs> maybe. I just remember that the original Point Break had, you know, it was L.A., early 90s, right? So you had a bunch of the L.A. hair metal playing at a lot of the parties and just in the background of scenes. And uh, I know there was a lot of music played in the remake too like during some of the action sequences like the opening motorcycle thing there was definitely some song being played and okay songs that were kind of forgettable and 
nothing really stood out, I guess, in the remake. All that stood out to me was the L.A. hair metal in the original. I will give the remake, because uh, you did start talking about music. There's a couple of interesting little cameos in the movie that um, happened. Steve Aoki is at the big party sequence. I think there's probably a ton of famous extreme sports people that were in the film. I guess that's it, actually. I thought I was going somewhere with that, but no, we're done. <laughs> Steve Aoki's in the movie. Steve Aoki's okay, but he's no Anthony Kiedis. That's true. Anthony Kiedis, like, actually being a part of the movie, like, actually, like, driving some action. It was pretty freaking cool, man. Oh, yeah, and I like the music during the action sequences in the original, too. I said before, the chase sequence when he's chasing Swayze down L.A. through houses and everything, I thought that music was perfect. So I really enjoyed the soundtrack uh, yeah. during those action sequences. No, absolutely. And like you said, it, it fit in with the timeline. It lets you know what era you're dealing with, with what music you're hearing. And it's a very L.A. movie, which is a very strong point of the original film. As you mentioned earlier, you know where you are. It's a Hollywood-type movie. Everyone's a surfer, bro. And they talk about L.A. and surfer culture. And that's a, it's part of the movie. It's, you know, it flavors, it flavors the film throughout, whereas this remake... Who knows where they are? They're in France, they're over here, and they're not tied to anything, so the audience doesn't get a connection to any of the places they actually go. It was really confusing, because it was like, are they in France still? Are they back in America? I thought they were back in America one time, because the FBI guy was there, but no, I guess the head of the FBI came to France. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> that happens. Who knows? So it was just really confusing um, where they were, and I guess if you're going to try to pay attention, you're just going to be upset so you don't really have to worry where they are they're just going to another location do another extreme stunt don't mind where they are that's it i don't know if i got much else unless um unless you can think of something man i'm looking through my notes of the other movies that i wrote and i i think that's it i think we're there man <laughs> yeah i mean I just, I, I just have in my notes i hate this movie this movie's too long why are they doing this god that sucks I couldn't stop laughing when Jeff died. <laughs> wow, it's like you're reading my notes. It's like I just sat there and I, at certain points like, I couldn't be bothered. I'd rather do anything else, man. I could like go do my taxes or something. Like, who cares? <laughs> Which is a shame because at the end of the day, it is a movie about extreme sports and there are extreme action sequences. I think what we're learning about movies again is that you need a plot. That's important. But but no, but you really do need characters. To make you care about the action. As absurd as the original Italian job was when we watched it, Michael Caine's character was uh, he was endearing and you wanted to kind of see him win. And if you don't want to see your characters win, you don't care whether they win or lose. So why are you watching the movie in the first place? I think this remake completely missed the mark there. All right, so let's give our final verdicts then, Reggie. Oh boy. <laughs> I think I know where you're going with this, but let's just say it out loud. Should they have remade... Point Break. Well, Dan, uh, in a twist of fate, uh, they didn't remake Point Break, so it does, doesn't matter. Um, no, they this movie shouldn't have, uh, whether it was intended to be a Point Break or not, it should not have been filmed as a Point Break movie. I, I could see some other world where this movie could have existed and I could have been okay with it, but um, not, not, not this one, not how it was, how it ended. I had issues with the original like we said there's a lot of plot points that don't make sense character motivations that are questionable but the remake is not a point break movie it's like we said before they made something else then somebody shoehorned the idea that let's make it a point break movie to get more butts in seats 
Yeah. And the original Point Break, like you said, it's stupid, it's absurd, but you care about these characters. You know, Point Break, the stars are Swayze and Keanu Reeves, right? In the remake, the stars are the stunts. Right. That's all you really care about. You don't care about these characters. You don't care about their motivations. I didn't really care about anything. And stunts are cool to look at, but there's no tension there. There's no suspense, really. It's pretty to look at, but there's not a lot of substance there. Right. This is not a Point Break movie. (laughs) They did not remake Point Break. They shouldn't have called it Point Break. They should have just stuck with whatever they had originally. No, you don't need to see this movie. They shouldn't have made this and called it Point Break. They should have stuck with whatever they had in mind and just went with that route. No, come up no. with their own extreme sports what? franchise. But calling it Point Break, big mistake. Shouldn't have done it. Yeah, it's just it's a movie that's trying to shine a spotlight on extreme sports. That's why he's getting so technical with defining it, you know, poly-extreme athletes and talking about the Ozaki Aidney. One of the mountains that they potentially could have climbed was the same one from the documentary Free Solo. So it's like there's a lot of like inside baseball, like extreme sports. There's a lot of like real aspects of extreme sports, which is cool. So do that movie, you know, and even if you don't get as many people, I think the people that like extreme sports wouldn't cling to that. Whereas the people that wanted to see Point Break wanted to see Point Break and this wasn't it. And I think it just ultimately hurts whatever they were going for originally. So unfortunate if i may quote one of the characters from the original this new movie is just young dumb and full of cum you got an asshole shortage apparently not (laughs) (laughs) apparently not it's so good you can quote that movie Uh, like all day because it's good character driven yeah oh well well at least we got to watch the original point break again yeah that was that was a nice little treat it was definitely better than i remembered you know like i said you go for there for the characters and then you stay for the action you can't ask for anything more in those types of movies Absolutely. And it's one, it's the type of movie that does things well that you wouldn't expect. Like, it's no heat, but like the way they shoot some of the bank robberies and like you said, that foot chase, you're, you're starting to touch on some of the elements that make movies like that great. So they, they do a good job with a lot of different elements, whether it's surfing, bank heists, or, you know, chase sequences. It, well, well done. Yeah. I mean, Catherine Bigelow, the director, she's a future Oscar winner for The Hurt Locker. You know, wife of James Cameron at the time, you know, she knew what she was doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't think anyone could have captured that bromance the way that she did in that film. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, let's figure out what we should do next. All right. Bedazzled? Huh. Bedazzled, huh? Let's do Bedazzled. A little bit of uh, Satan. <laughs> the Devil. I um, am going to not talk about it because I already have opinions and I'm not going to say any until uh, the next next movie. But yeah, Bedazzled. Okay. I haven't seen the original, so this would be cool. Yeah, I also have not seen the original, but like I said, I'm not going to talk about the remake. We'll save that for the next episode. Sounds good. Should we sign off here? I'm Reggie Parker. You can find me at RP Comedy or rpcomedy.com. I'm Dan Bulick. You can find me at Console Wars Guys or YouTube.com slash Console Wars for some retro gaming goodness. All right, and this has been another episode of Retro vs. Remake.